Hi, I'm Christian Brindle, and welcome to the Everything Medicare Podcast. Everything Medicare Podcast Nation. This is Christian Brindle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wherever you are and however you might be listening to me today, folks, I hope this episode finds you doing well, healthy, safe, whatever might be going on in your life, wherever you might be listening from. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with me here today, folks. Today, I wanted to talk about under 65 health insurance which is quite the change of pace because this is the Everything Medicare podcast, which is typically for people over the age of 65. Now, there's some exceptions to this. If you're on Medicare disability, which basically means if you've been on Social Security disability for 24 months consecutively, you're automatically going to be placed on Medicare disability. But other than that, how are people under the age of 65 covered? quite the question, isn't it? Sorry, I got something in my teeth. Um, And it's a question that a lot of people have been asking. So the most common answer you're going to get is if you're working or your spouse is working and you have health insurance through that employer, then you're fine, right? I mean, you have coverage through that employer, no big deal. But what if you don't have coverage through that employer? Let's say for the sake of example, this is the situation I see happen quite frequently actually in our offices, is I'll work with somebody that's actually turning 65 and retiring and leaving their retirement program in the past, or maybe it's not even offered through their employer. Let's say their spouse is several years younger. Let's say their spouse is five years younger and they're 60. What do they do? They obviously don't have an employer plan because they were covered on their spouse's employer plan. That employer plan is no more because they're getting onto Medicare and retiring. So what do they do? What are their options available to them? Well, this is something that's actually been pretty interesting because it's been something that I've talked about actually in my own life um, on this show before. We did an episode last year, some time ago, about Christian healthcare ministry plans. And I talked about how I put myself on that plan because we really couldn't do anything better, I felt at the time. Um, Obamacare plans are always an option, but we don't qualify for subsidies. Um, those can be more attractive if you can qualify for a tax subsidy, you know, um, or a premium subsidy on your Obamacare plan, your under 65 insurance plan. And I discussed that it saved me about $500 a month, roughly. I don't even, I can't even, I don't even know the exact number, um, on my monthly health insurance premiums. And I had better coverage. I had half the out of pocket that I had on an Obamacare plan. So, a significantly lower premium with a lower max in the pocket, it was a good thing. But I ended up actually changing that in the last 30 days. I dropped this Christian healthcare ministry plan through MediShares, where we had it through, and I went with a different type of health insurance plan myself. For myself, for my wife, for my 10-month-old daughter, Violet. We ended up going with a different direction. Now, why? Quite simple. Lately... The last six months since I did that episode, 
and I talked about this on the episode. I actually gave warning about it on the episode. I started reading article after article and hearing story after story about Christian healthcare ministries refusing to pay for things, refusing to pay for claims. And guess what, folks? Christian healthcare ministries or religious healthcare ministries or cost-sharing programs is what they actually like to call them, actually do not legally have an obligation to pay you jack in the form of claims. Not a penny are they legally obligated to pay out because they're not insurance. Have you ever called one of those places? Have you realized they won't use any insurance terminologies? They don't say the word premium. Instead, they say patient responsibility or member responsibility. They don't say um, maximum out of pocket. They say maximum responsibility amount. They don't use insurance terminology. They don't call themselves insurance. They're not insurance. So they're not bound under the insurance rules, laws, and regulations by the insurance department and also the federal government. So I started seeing more and more articles, more and more stories come out that these Christian healthcare ministries have been fighting claims, and there were some people stuck with $50,000 worth of medical bills, $100,000 worth of medical bills. I read one in particular where, where a gentleman was stuck with $350,000 worth of medical bills. Now, don't get me wrong. I heard other stories. I heard positive stories, too. I heard stories where, you know, there was a situation where someone there there was someone that I that I knew personally actually that was stuck in the hospital for over a year and his health and he was on a cost sharing plan and it stepped to the to, to the plate and paid out but here's my dilemma folks and I said this on the episode we did previously about Christian healthcare ministries or religious cost sharing organizations anything that's not legally obligated to pay out the claims or honor what they say they're going to pay scares the living hell out of me it does. It scares me to death. So we actually ended up going a different direction, but did we go with the Obamacare plans? Is that the direction we ended up going with? Let's talk about those for a second. Obamacare plans are basically marketplace plan, folks. Insurance plans you can get through the marketplace. Now here's the deal. This isn't the same everywhere, but if you can qualify for a subsidy on a marketplace plan, they're probably not too bad. They're probably not too much money. They're probably um, better health benefits. They're tremendously assisted from the subsidy from the government. The insurance company gets a tremendous um, subsidy. They're able to give you much better coverage for a much more reduced price. I've seen some people pay 50 bucks a month for incredible coverage, 100 bucks a month for incredible coverage, maybe half. It depends on their level of subsidy. depends on their household income. Okay. But... What about the people that don't qualify for those subsidies? Well, for someone like myself that didn't qualify for those subsidies, for myself, my daughter, my wife, for a decent plan, a halfway decent plan at all, we were looking at $1,000 plus a month in coverage, and it even wasn't that decent, to be honest with you. The cheapest plan we could get was about $600 to $700 a month in premium, and that was for about a $10,000 deductible with a $15,000 max out of pocket. And my wife's under 30. I'm under 30. My daughter's not even a year old. We're not old. We're not elderly. Okay, so can you imagine what those premiums would be 
for someone that's 50 years old, 55 years old, 60 years old. Think about that for a second. So in a nutshell, you know, I've seen people on Obamacare plans that don't qualify for subsidies, folks, paying 2000 a month for a couple in premium, and it's horrible coverage, you know, catastrophic coverage more than anything else. That would cover them in the event of a catastrophe, but other than that, they'll never get close to having the plan pay a penny. And sometimes they'll be paying out thousands of dollars a month in premiums for these things. That's basically what you're looking at with an Obamacare plan, a marketplace plan. Now, if you can qualify for a subsidy, it's fine. But what if you don't? Here in my office, folks, in the last month, we actually started doing under 65 health insurance. We started doing Obamacare plans, marketplace plans, but also some other types of plans that I'm going to talk about in segment two. But we started doing them. We're actually only doing them for the moment in Utah to kind of get a feel for it. This is brand new territory for us. We specialize in Medicare health plans here at Christian Bruno Insurance Services. But we're going to be starting to do under 65 insurance actually as of now. Um, we're only doing it in Utah, our home market, to kind of get a feel for it. And if we like what we see and if it goes well, we're going to start doing it across state lines like we do Medicare plans. But we started doing it. And I started looking into what I could do to replace our MediShare plan, our cost-sharing plan, because like I said, anything that's not legally obligated to pay for something scares me to death. What if my daughter has an emergency and we have to take her to the hospital? What if I get in a car wreck or something like that? Or you know, car insurance would help pay for it. So, okay, let's say, let's say I trip outside on a banana peel or something ridiculous, right? And I fall down some stairs, whatever. I break my face open, break an arm. I don't care. You know? What if I'm in the mall and some nut job comes in with a gun? What if I contract the coronavirus? I mean, you don't know. You want to have something that you can trust. And I just didn't trust the cost-sharing plans. Not as far as I could throw them. So I replaced it. But not with an Obamacare plan. Stick with me. I have to take a quick break. In segment two, I'll tell you exactly what health insurance I got for me, how it works, if it could work for you if you're not quite on Medicare yet. If you're on Medicare, I would not recommend anything that I'm going to talk about today over Medicare. It's not going to be very good in comparison. But if you have a family member that's under 65, if you know someone that's under 65, it might be a good alternative for them. Don't go anywhere, folks. Like I said, I have to take a quick break. Hear from this week's sponsor. I'll be right back, and we'll discuss what I changed my insurance to, how it works, and what the other option to Obamacare plans is. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for sticking with me through that break. You know, folks, um, I already know that I'm going to be opened up to for some criticism on this episode, primarily due to the fact that I told you that I don't think I made the right decision on our health care, on our health insurance with a, with, a, with a cost sharing plan. I do think it was better than what we had available to us Obamacare wise, marketplace plan wise. But the fact that I changed it went in a different direction, I might be opening myself up to some criticism for that. Some people being like, well... Well, shoot, he didn't make a good decision. I think I made a good decision for the time being with the information I had available to me. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in growing, learning, um, bringing new information to the table. I love learning things new. I like to think that every single day that I wake up, I'm smarter than I was the day before. 
Um, if I learn something new every day, I'm in good shape is the way I look at it. Um, and it's no difference in this situation. You know, I've never come across or come on here to try to tell you that I have all the answers to everything or I know everything about everything. I know a hell of a lot about Medicare. I know a hell of a lot about insurance. But I'm not a, I'm not a perfect human being. I'm flawed. You know, there's been people that have, um, you know, criticized the show that I've kind of spent wasted time going back and forth with. Now, 99% of our audience is fantastic and has been nothing but supportive. But, you know, the bigger the audience gets, the more people don't like me or the show or what we're doing or whatever the case might be. And I've had to learn to just get over that and not, not give a damn. Excuse my French. But essentially, folks... I know I might be opening myself up to criticism because I'm backpedaling on what I said a few months ago. Um, that's okay. If you go back and listen to that episode, I never actually said you should go get cost-sharing plans. I actually said that it, there's a lot better alternatives and it should be a last resort if you pay attention. But anyway, folks, what did I actually change my insurance to? Well, there's an alternative to Obamacare plans and you know marketplace insurance plans called short-term medical plans. Short-term medical plans are typically plans that in the past were designed to help you fill in a gap of coverage if you maybe you had, you know, six months before you were going to get on Medicare or maybe, you know, you're in between jobs or something like that. You needed some temporary kind of coverage. And it typically only would cover you for a month, a couple months, three months, six months. Um, this was years ago. And then all of a sudden we had a short-term medical plan that could do 12 months at a time. Wow, that's a whole year of coverage. Now we have one that can do two, two 12-month terms. So I actually signed myself up with a plan with a company called National General, a company that we just got contracted to be able to offer for people under, under the age of 65. And they let you pick the, the length of time. Um, you, could, you could do three months at a time, six months at a time, a year at a time, or you can do 24 months at a time. Um, typically with short-term medical plans, folks, you have to go through health questions and underwriting. So there is that. You have to be able to pass um, a short list of health questions. They're not typically extreme, but they're looking for very chronic things. But you have to be relatively healthy to get them. But we got a very, very good plan with drug coverage. Um, I think we have an $8,000 deductible, but we have about four or five doctor visits we can get throughout the year and just pay a copay. Um, but the main thing is for me, my wife, my daughter, we were able to get it for 270 some odd dollars a month. 270 some odd dollars a month. We were paying $470 a month for MediShare. Granted, it was a $4,500 quote unquote, max out of pocket. And our deductible and our max out of pocket are both $8,000 on this plan. But at least we have some options to see some doctor visits. I mean, with the cost sharing plan, it wouldn't pay anything until we hit this member responsibility. But this is real insurance. This is real insurance. And what I like about it is if my 24 months ends, I can reapply. As long as my, mine and my family's health allows it, we'll be able to get another 24 month plan. So I think it's going to be a, a solution for us for some time. A lot can happen in two years. A lot, new, a lot of new insurance plans can be available in two years. But this is a great alternative to people that don't want to shell out the price for the Obamacare plan. They don't qualify for a subsidy. Or maybe someone's, you know, their spouse just turned 65. They're 64. They need something to get them through until their 65th birth month. This is perfect for that. You can get a cover, you, you know, you can get good coverage for relatively inexpensive for a year 
And there's other carriers other than National General. I'm not just, I'm just saying them because that's the one I got mine through. But something to just keep in mind. So basically, I would say if you can qualify for a subsidy, you want to go the marketplace route. If you don't, maybe look at a short-term medical route. And these are all, of course, if you don't have access to a group plan through your employer, through your work, or your spouse's work. Obviously, if you can get a group plan, oh, there's good and bad group plans, of course, but you know, some are horrible, some are fantastic. If you can, and but a lot of them are probably better than what you can get on the private marketplace. You know, on the marketplace, they might even be better better than the short-term medical plans, but not everybody has options and access to a group plan. So this is just something that I wanted to talk with you folks about. I thought this was a very interesting, important topic for us to talk about. Um, we did an episode when we first started this podcast called The Difference Between Medicare and Obamacare. Hope everybody's listened to that if you're just not sure, because I still get questions to this day when someone's signing up for a Medicare supplement plan. They're like, I thought Obamacare made it illegal for health questions. And I have to go into explaining to them that Obamacare affects insurance for people under the age of 65 for the marketplace only. Not for Medicare. Medicare supplements still can ask health questions if you're not new to Medicare. At this point in time, Medicare Advantage plans ask one health question. That's if you're on, if you have, if you actually diagnosed with end stage renal disease, which is basically the last stage of kidney failure, dialysis stage. So anyway, folks, I thought it would be good to kind of give you an update on this, kind of give you an update on what I'm doing, and what are, are your options for people that you know, your family members, maybe your kids, grandkids, um, or maybe even your spouse if you're turning 65 that is under the age of 65 that still needs health insurance. This has been a great option for me. I haven't paid $270 a month for health insurance for me and my wife alone, but this was before our daughter was even in the picture. For years! For five plus years, I bet. I've been, this MediShare plan I had on before that was $470 a month was the cheapest I had paid in years. Years, folks. It's tough out there. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm living proof. So, just know that there's some options out there. Short-term medical might be a good option. If you can qualify for a subsidy, marketplace might be the way to go. If you live in Utah, specifically, and you need help with under 65 insurance, call me. We're Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're now doing it in Utah with all of the available insurance companies. 801-255-5340. 801-255-5340. But as always, if you're on Medicare, you need help with your Medicare, we do that in many states. Nine, actually. Utah, Idaho, Colorado, Oregon, Texas, South Carolina, Virginia, Florida, and soon to be California. Again, that's Utah, Idaho, Oregon, Colorado, Texas, South Carolina, um, Virginia, Florida, and soon to be California. So give us a call. I'd love the opportunity to be able to talk with you. Um, and as always, folks, thanks so much for taking some time and spending it with me. Um, if you found this episode helpful or any other episodes helpful that we've done in the past, do me a favor, drop us a five-star review on either Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, or if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe for future content. It helps us out a lot to help reach more people just like you who need to hear this message. Hope you folks have a fantastic rest of your weekend, and we'll be back with you Monday. Take care.